Hi everyone, it is now 5 p.m. on this Wednesday evening in Kingston, and you're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM, www.cfrc.ca. Welcome to this week's segment of Today in YGK with me, your host, Alexandra Fernandez. Today in YGK brings you need-to-know news about what's going on right here in our beautiful city of Kingston. From current news, special segments, and interviews with some amazing guests, I'm sure you'll find something of interest that gets you to tune in. If you have any news to share, be sure to contact me via email at news at cfrc.ca. So without further ado, let's get right into it. I hope you enjoy the show. Hey everyone, it's Sadie McFadden and today I'm happy to be joined by one of Kingston's most creative artists, Francisco Corbett. He is a painter, performance artist, and director of an art label titled Four World, in which he produces large-scale runway shows, concept shows, and art galleries. Thank you for joining me, Francisco. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be on the show. Of course. Today we're talking about a free art workshop that Francisco is facilitating called Do Art Be Wonderful, which will be held tomorrow, May 6th, from 1 to 3 p.m. via Zoom, which includes a free art kit. This workshop is part of Blue Canoe's production, the Juvenus Festival, a youth-led nonprofit arts festival that aims to engage youth 30 and under throughout the Kingston community. So, Francisco, let's start off with you telling me a little bit about yourself. Um, yeah, my name is Francisco Corbett. I'm 23 years old, and in the last year, I've become a full-time artist. But I have been practicing the arts for about six years now. Um, it's It's been, honestly, like a pretty interesting time building my career here in Kingston specifically when I was growing up I wasn't really interested in the arts but when I started to get into my stride uh, when I was think about well I'm 23 now so six years ago 17 I, I noticed that there wasn't much representation not necessarily racial but representation of like youth arts in Kingston experimental arts anything different it was usually just the same and I really didn't see myself in it and I didn't want to see myself in it I thought it was kind of against stood for everything I stood against was what I was getting shoved in my face so I was really happy to take a stride and and take a stab at it myself and thankfully me and my group of friends other creatives photographers David Simon uh, William Carroll who's another artist I work with and these people that I've met recently through Queens University which is the upside of Kingston Liam Stratton Jackson Beyonda all these people who have helped influence me uh, growing up and helped me kind of reshape my world and kind of bend my reality into what I want it to be. So where I stand now is full-time artist and have a studio in town and I'm kind of at, I can do whatever I want, whatever I want. And it's amazing. I, I really enjoy it. Awesome. That's so great to hear. All right. So uh, what can participants expect from the event that's happening on May 6th? So it is a continuation of the last event that I did in partnership with the Agnes Etherington. Now it is in partnership with Juvenus Fest as well as Agnes Etherington. I'm going to be delivering the idea of dismantling perfection. I'm going to be delivering the idea of taking control of your actions in art and express your way uh, express your way to show freedom that's that's really what i'm trying to show in the class and and from examples of the last class it worked out really well so i'm i'm really excited to get in on uh, on the thursday and see what happens 
Yeah. Is that something that you kind of felt uh, when you were growing up, like this idea that Kingston's art scene was like a perfect mold of what an art scene should be like, and you just wanted to shake that up? That's a good question. Um, well, when I was coming up, you know, uh, 16, 17, 18, 19, I didn't, as I said, I didn't see representation. And the only, rep the only scene, if you even want to call it that, and I will go off, the only scene that you could really see would be the tourist art scene and like art that isn't challenging, experimental, nothing different. It was always like, oh, we don't want to do that. That's too much. Like, this is not, you know, it's not just landscape. It's not just uh, paintings of the McBurney Tower. It's not, you know, the Kingston skyline. We don't want it. And not to say that that's all Kingston art was, but if you're a young kid growing up and you're interested in the arts, it's usually going to be older people stuck in their ways who don't understand that this is now the time for young adults to take their control and their, and their rightful control in, in the art world and in their own world. It's actually crucial for growing up for a kid to have a space like that. It doesn't need to be the arts, but they need to be accepted into something. And I'm not saying that all older artists in Kingston are like that. And that idea of the kind of perfect art scene I wanted to shake up. I, I'm never, well, I shouldn't say that. I'm, I'm usually not like, oh, I'm gonna screw these guys over. It's more like, I just wanna make a spot for kids who are exactly like me. I don't want another kid to go through this and have to not see representation and not think that they can do anything experimental. So they have to go to Toronto or they have to go to Montreal or Ottawa or wherever. I want them to feel like they can do something special where they grew up um, or you know wherever they're living because it's online so they can be from anywhere, not just Kingston. And so I want to dismantle that. I want to shake that up. I want to shake the idea up that there is room, there's space for you, that it's not just uh, black and white. Yeah, awesome. And um, as far as the event goes, um, is there anything specific that you want people to take away from it? Hmm. I want them to, to feel strong, strong after their class is over. I want people to feel like they can do whatever they want. I want people to feel like they're free for just a bit. I think that art is a great avenue into freedom. Any type of expression doesn't need to be painting, music, um, fashion, sculpting, just doodling. What, whatever you wanna do, whatever you wanna call it, whatever way you're expressing yourself, I want the people to leave this class feeling like they're better at expressing themselves themselves than they were before the class. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and I guess this is a good segue um, to talk about uh, how you see art as an avenue for freedom. And I know that you tend to understand the visual art as performance art. Um, so could you do like a little bit of explaining about your ideas or your philosophy around art as a whole? It's kind of being molded every opportunity I get. I always try to kind of remold the idea and, and like the idea that the, the, what am I thinking here? <sighs> the fundamentals of my art practice are kind of always at the mercy of me, the artist. I have to remold them to fit what I'm doing, but they always stem from that idea of like, just do it. Just like you don't think about it, just jump into it. That's the best way to get started. If you overthink, the idea is usually already dead. So there's no point in thinking too hard about something and not expressing yourself properly. So when we talk about the fundamentals of my art practice, I like to emphasize, just do it. 
the Nike, the Nike logo. I like to emphasize taking action. I like to emphasize no fear. I like, I mean, I'm, we can't, we're all humans, so we all experience fear, but I want to emphasize that you don't need to focus on the fear. I could still be present and respect it, but it doesn't need to be the guiding principles. Um, when I talk about performance art being part of visual art, it's becoming more and more apparent every, every time I'm in the studio, every day, really, that when I go in to paint something, it's a very physical performance. I'm jumping back and forth around the canvas. I'm like, it's, it's almost like a sport. I'm, I'm like, you know, I stretch before I paint because it's so physical. So yeah, it's, it's just wrapped into all these, it, it's, it's a sport, it's performance art. It's, it's, I, I create like characters sometimes. I like to joke around with my paintings and joke around with my friends while I'm making them. Um, I heard this quote the other day that I love, which is the smartest guy in the room pretends to be the dumbest guy. And I like, I love that. I think that's hilarious. So I try to emulate that idea of subversion and like bending a reality. And I think that when you say performance art is everything, it is, art is everything, performance art is everything. Bending reality should be the artist's job and having fun with reality. That is the fundamental of my art, having fun and expressing yourself and finding freedom in that. Yeah, I think a lot of times, um, especially in the way we understand art, a lot of people understand art through a museum and that or through an art gallery. And that is like their one understanding of what art is. But I really like your idea of um, broadening it and saying like, you know what, it's also a sport. <laughs> I need to stretch <laughs> beforehand, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think it just creates a different narrative, right? Like it doesn't just it's the same thing I experienced when I came into um, the art scene in Kingston, which I don't believe there is a huge one, and I don't believe there is an accurately represented one for people like me. As I've said, you know, multiple times in this conversation, um, I think that when you see that visual art painting can be so much more than just galleries and so much more than just like wall space, and like let's go. I mean, that's all well and fine, but like let's have room for the experimental, let's have room for the physical. Like Jacqueline Pollock was an action painter. He was extremely physical with his work. That's that's a performance art. He's performing on the canvas. The canvas, for me, I'm not, I can't speak for Jackson Pollock, obviously, but for me, the painting, the canvas is a byproduct of the performance. So we need to have room for both because that's how you kind of expand that narrative on, on different forms of art and how people see art. Yeah, that's awesome way to think about it. Um, and so I think that also really relates well to, you know, the whole name of the workshop, which is Do Art Be Wonderful? Um, and I think that that's such a perfect name for this workshop when that is your philosophy um, around it all, right? Like you want people to just be free with themselves and to express their ability to be wonderful, um, no matter how they express it, whether it be in paint form, music, pottery, anything, right? Because, and, and I'm sure that that thing will change. And I'm sure that idea will, will grow and maybe it will not be about freedom anymore. Maybe there's a deeper meaning to it. Maybe, maybe it's never been about freedom. Maybe it's been about control. I don't know, right? It, it always changes. So season one is 15 paintings that are going to be in a book on prints. It's the name of the class. It's kind of the, what I'm running with in the moment. But I will say that there is another season planned 
you know, in the future, in the near future, that will be different than that. But it will still have the same idea of like doing art being free. I'll just say it in a different way. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. So is there anything else before we wrap up that you want to say to uh, CFRC's listeners today? Um, thank you for letting me come on the show. Thank you for listening. If you like my art and, uh, and, and you want to participate, I'm always doing things. I'm always doing uh, anything I can get my hands into. I love painting. I love meeting people. Please don't feel scared to reach out. Um, don't feel scared to practice art yourself. Uh, please sign up for the class. I'd love to meet you. I'd love to interact. I truly love people. So that would be really fun for me. And, uh, and I hope that, you know, what you get from the class is, is positive and, and you can learn a lot and take it into other parts of your life. Cause that's what I'm like. Art for me is my life. So take what I've told you, what I've, you know, what I believe and, and move it on to something else and then apply it something else in your life. Uh, and also thank you for giving me the platform to, to allow me to, to do a class and to sell a book and make prints and, Thank everybody. So thank you, everyone who, who supports me. I really appreciate it. Truly. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. And if any of our listeners want to register for this YGK event, you can go to juvenusfestival.ca slash doartbewonderful.php or email contact at bluecanoetheatrical.ca. Thanks for listening. Wonderful. Thanks so much. And you're tuned into Today in YGK on CFRC 101.9 FM. Homebase is launching an awareness campaign of its services. Ed Smith, the president of the board of directors, says, The general public is not really aware of all we do at Homebase. We want to let everyone know the services that Homebase provides. We focus on housing for homeless individuals and families, preventing homelessness in the first place, and supporting the vulnerably housed with our own supportive housing portfolio. Kingston Homebase Nonprofit Housing is a registered charity providing a range of services to end youth, adult, and family homelessness. Homebase's supportive housing services includes 21 properties, including houses, townhouses, and apartment buildings, where counseling staff work to help individuals stay housed and make connections with the broader community. This housing is also affordable, and there are separate units available for both youth and adults. Homebase Housing Help Center also helps individuals and families find the more affordable housing within the city. Services include help with paperwork and cutting through bureaucracy. There is also access to phones, community voicemail, mail services, and computers. Staff are able to help individuals and families who are in jeopardy of losing their home and seek appropriate housing solutions. Homebase also works with private sector landlords on providing available apartments. It also operates two emergency shelters, Lily's Place for Families and the Inn from the Cold for Single Adults. Their shelters are housing-focused, meaning the staff are there to help people find permanent housing options as soon as possible. 
Homebase noted in a press release, however, that, and I quote, this can be difficult given the rental market conditions and the limited financial resources that people have at their disposal. Other services include the street outreach service that brings support and services directly to those living rough in our community, no matter where they are. Homebase works with other partner organizations who can bring other skill sets to the person as needed. Further, Homebase is the backbone organization for Kingston's One Roof Youth Hub, where there is the collaboration of many youth-serving organizations working together under one roof. Employment, mental health, recreation, and life skill services, a drop-in, and a whole host of other appropriate services are provided through the One Roof program. There are also dedicated staff who work with the homeless youth coming into One Roof to house them within our supportive housing. For many years, for many years, we have worked quietly in the background on providing needed services to support homeless persons and provide supportive and transitional housing and other services to keep people housed, says Tom Greening, executive director. Our focus is always to get people the help they need to be able to get them housed in our supportive housing or elsewhere. Everyone who comes to us or we reach out to, even if they are living rough, is to help and support them with the end goal of getting them a roof over their heads. For many years, Kingston has been able to move things in the right direction in terms of reducing homelessness. Recently, we have seen that trend change for a variety of factors that are not intrinsic to just Kingston. Homebase stated plainly that the difficult reality is that there is not enough affordable and supportive housing and there is a desperate need to build new capacity. Its shelters are at capacity and there is not enough supportive housing for youth, families, or single adults. Homebase is, however, stepping up in the building of Kingston Youth Services Hub, a holistic and integrated campus with 48 new apartments for homeless youth. Community members interested in supporting this project are encouraged to visit build484.ca. The organization also seeks a new property to build more capacity to help families who find themselves homeless and in need of support. We don't just provide emergency housing. Homebase actually houses many formerly homeless individuals, youth, and families, says Pierre Klein, manager of operations. Our services work well. We focus on helping individuals get housed, stay housed, and we work to build capacity so no one needs to go without a roof over their heads. Do you work or volunteer in the agricultural or renewable energy sector? If so, the city wants to hear from you. The city is scheduling one-on-one chats with people in these sectors to collect feedback to help inform its climate leadership plan. Set to be shared with residents later this summer, the climate leadership plan is a strategic document that will identify actions as the municipality must take to achieve carbon neutrality no later than 2040. It will also act as a guide for the larger community. We cannot achieve our climate leadership goals without you, says Julie Salter Keen, manager of Climate Leadership Division. You can sign up by Friday, May 14th to be considered. For the one-on-one chats about agriculture, this is if you work or volunteer in the agriculture sector, if you might be a farmer, food producer, advocate for local food systems, food security, or volunteer, or all of the above. The requirement is that you must be available for an online interview on May 17th or May 20th. You can book your meeting, you will then receive a follow-up email confirming your meeting, and on May 17th or 20th, complete your 20-minute chat. For a one-on-one chat about renewable energy and storage, this is if you are passionate about renewable energy and implementing it in your home, work, or business. You may work or volunteer in the renewable energy and storage sector as well, and the requirement is that you must be available for an online 20-minute chat on May 18th or the 21st. You can book your meeting, receive a follow-up email confirming your meeting, and then complete your 20-minute interview on the 18th or 21st of May. If you're interested but you're not sure if you have the background to contribute to this focused 
data collection, you can email the project lead, Climate Leadership Division Manager Julie Salter Keen, to discuss at jsalter keen at cityofkingston.ca. That's J S A L T E R K E A N E at cityofkingston.ca. Feedback will be documented in a What We Heard report that will be published in fall 2021. The Sandy Pines Wildlife Center second virtual baby shower fundraising event is happening Friday, May 7th from 10 a.m. to Monday, May 10th at 4 p.m. This socially distant, family-friendly event is the only day of the year the Wildlife Center will open its doors to the public. Filmed by Education Coordinator Jess Pilau, Sandy Pines Wildlife Center Director Sue Meach, and Facilities Director Julia Evoy will take visitors through a virtual tour of their state-of-the-art clinic and see baby animal feeding demos and visit some areas at Sandy Pines that have never been seen before. This virtual event will feature many of their typical baby shower activities, such as a three-prize raffle, local vendors offering honey, jewelry, Sandy Pines merchandise, and so much more. A link to this event is available on the website at www.sandypineswildlife.org and their Facebook page at Sandy Pines Wildlife Center, or you can find it directly at www.sandypinesbabyshower.com. Sandy Pines also reported that this year, Derek Sloan, MP for Hastings, Lennox, and Addington, did not recommend Sandy Pines for any Service Canada summer employment participants. Sandy Pines expressed some disappointment in a statement, noting that, as a charity, we are usually eligible for several of these participants, which helps us immensely through our busiest season. 2021 has seen an increase of approximately 64% more wildlife patients to date than last year at the same time, and Sandy Pines continues their daily work of helping and nurturing wildlife. They are calling for more community support through attendance to their virtual event to help animals in need. For more information on the event in general, please contact the Centre at 613-354-0264 or by email at spwcbabyshower at gmail.com. In light of the province-wide stay-at-home order and the continuing challenges of the COVID-19 pandemic, the city is deferring the 2021 final property tax billing. Normally due on the last business day of June, the due date of the final bill has been deferred to July 30th. Property tax bills will be mailed at the end of June. Property taxes ensure for the continued delivery of essential services. However, the city recognizes that this continues to be a difficult time for many of our residents. We hope this deferral will provide some relief, says Jeff Walker, manager of taxation. If a property owner is concerned about paying their bill, they are encouraged to call the city at 613-546-0000 to discuss payment options and financial assistance programs. While the city's payment center locations remain closed due to the provincial stay-at-home order, residents are encouraged to make payments using one of the following means. Through online banking, through your financial institution, using our drop boxes at 1211 John Counter Boulevard or at City Hall's Market Street entrance, and for taxation or other payments by mail, you can send a check to City of Kingston, Taxation, P.O. Box 640. Just a bit of a COVID-19 update for you folks. We are now at 109 active cases of COVID-19 in the KFLNA region. Unfortunately, 32 positive cases were reported on Tuesday from a local construction site as stated in an article in the Kingston Whig Standard. This is the largest single site outbreak that the Kingston region has seen since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic. Don't forget folks to stay safe by wearing your masks limiting your travel outside of the KFLNA region, working from home whenever possible, and checking for your vaccine eligibility. Thank you so much for tuning in to Today in YGK. We're going to turn it over to our traffic report. And don't go anywhere because we have Campus B coming up next.
Thank you for listening to Today in YGK, produced with the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario, on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples.